Hello, 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 and welcome to another fantastic episode of Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable Discussion. Before we get started, let me first remind you that we are covered by the BIPCOT No Government License, which allows for the use and reuse of this podcast by anyone and everyone except for governments and the bludgies thereof. You can learn more about that at BIPCOT.org. That is B-I-P-C-O-T dot O-R-G. We're also protected by Brandenburg v. Ohio, 1969 which ruled that the government cannot punish inflammatory speech unless that speech is, quote, directed to inciting or producing imminent lawless action and is likely to incite or produce such action. Therefore, everything said here on Anarchy Among Friends Roundtable Discussion is entirely hypothetical. We are playing Minecraft here, people. Yeah, we're playing Among Us, and I'm pretty sure the government is the, uh, is, is the bad one. Government looking pretty sus right now. Pretty sus. <laughs> pretty sus. <laughs> oh. It's both the red and the blue fucker that are looking pretty sus right now. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck purple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like that oh. meme that I that I shared on Hootenanny Roundup immediately before we were taken down. Of, oh. uh, the, the outlines. R.I.P. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're finally gone. I had been saying for months, hey, we're, I think we're the last the last redacted page left on Facebook. And I think we actually were. And then one day I, yeah. And then one day I went to log into it and it just wasn't there anymore. They didn't tell me nothing. And then I got a 30 day ban because I was associated with pages or groups, which violated community standards. So, (laughs) um, but, but, but (laughs) you you got a 30 day because you were friends with me before they gave me a permanent. I was was just going to bring that up. You've been, you've been one up by Christopher here because Christopher, Christopher, not only had his Instagram zucked, but he was perma banned by Facebook. They got my sock account too. They got a sock account too. How the. How am I still still there? You know what? I'm not going to jinx it. And I want to ask. Hey, now that you've asked, you'll be gone tomorrow. A yeah, wolf, probably. A wolf in a Sheeple's World is like eight and a half years old now, and it's still going. I don't know how that's even possible, because Jesus. But, no, the uh, I, thank, I shared the meme thank, where... Thank goodness for Telegram. Yeah. Yes. None of us would be staying in contact anymore. <laughs> but... Now the uh, the meme that I shared was the it's the the two line graphs the the very blue looking kind of sus uh, line graph where mm-hmm. Biden's count just suddenly vertically increases <laughs> and then continues on the arc and on the and it's going down and you know and on the right side is their outline so it looks like they're pissing and it says yeah. America at the bottom in purple. <laughs> did you see that? Did you see that the one somebody did um, like they're going over the high jump. And it's like Trump clearing the high jump. And then it's like Biden going up, going up. He's like going to hit the bar. And all of a sudden he jumps up and then goes <laughs> over the bar. <laughs> but Let don't worry, so. kids. Your, your, your votes definitely count. <laughs> yeah. It definitely makes a fucking difference. Oh. Don't worry. Has there? Have you guys seen any uh, petitions or any calling from the Republicans about uh, the Electoral College yet? No, the not actual, the electoral the college. Actual, the actual college, not the not the votes. Yeah, no, I haven't seen anything about the electoral college. The only thing I've seen it is in regards to popular vote. Nothing in regards to electoral college, at least directly. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was, happened to stumble into a place earlier this weekend where uh, there there may or may not have been some pissed off Trump humping Republicans there. And they were talking about how now we just need to petition the electors in the electoral college and to vote against their popular votes in their states, <laughs> and they'll they'll reelect Trump. I That's, promise. Yeah. Oh, oh geez. Yeah, you know the funny thing is, is I actually stumbled across. Do you remember that video from JP from 2016, where he did the the video where he's like, "You need you remember now with the election coming up that your vote counts. It in fact counts just as much as the other 150 million people." Who also vote, which means that your voice is one one fifty millionth of of a, of a vote, and but of course, I mean it, it. It still doesn't actually not that you actually elect anybody because it's actually the electoral college that uh, votes, but your vote still matters. But you know, well, and the electoral college is also not even legally bound in most states to even vote the way that the popular vote goes. But don't don't worry though, but your vote still matters, and. <laughs> Yeah, don't don't forget. We're gonna, we're gonna cover article an article in a little bit here uh, from Open Secrets. Fourteen billion dollars, billion with a B, as in bullshit. Fourteen billion dollars spent on this this election season. I have a question. How much money? How much of that fourteen billion would it take to fix to voluntarily fix you know hunger in Africa and? I think I think it's like it's like a billion dollars a year to to end starvation in Africa. So we could end starvation in Africa for fourteen years for what for it costs. one election for, for, for one election. election. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Michael Bloomberg spent a hundred million dollars campaigning in four states for for like pro gun control mm-hmm. uh, policies and lost in all four states. So, Which just cracks me up. <laughs> Nobody likes you, Bloomberg. Fuck off already. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? Why don't you have a heart attack and die, and then the rest like, of us can be like happy? Of, of, of all the people, of all the people who have caught COVID, Michael yeah. Bloomberg hasn't. Yeah, what the hell is that? Come on, man. Yeah, a horse shit. No. Well, I mean, it's awful. It's awful hard to get the commoner diseases when you're locked up in your ivory tower most of the time. <laughs> You remember, you remember the episode of right. South Park where Cartman gets AIDS, and they go to Magic Johnson <laughs> and they find out that the that the the uh, the vaccine for AIDS is like money. Yeah, you just need to throw money at the problem. That's what it is. Bloomberg just has so much money that he's immune to these these common peasant diseases. Well, then we need to get him some elitist diseases like <laughs> fucking cancer, so he can die already. Well. Brandenburg v. Ohio, <laughs> 1969. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that I pray at night for him to get uh, neurological syphilis, but <laughs> I am saying that that right. would probably be a good thing. It's always a tragedy when tyrants die of natural causes. It's true. That is true. Because we'd rather they died of unnatural causes. Brandenburg v. Ohio. Hashtag be the change you wish to see. Blood loss is a natural cause of death. That's true. It is. It's completely natural that you, if you, <laughs> if you run out die, of blood, you, you will die. That much blood. <laughs> That's unnatural. <laughs> Follow Biden's advice. Shoot him in the leg. <laughs> just just, just inside the left leg, and <laughs> about three inches south of the groin. Yeah. Oh. 
<laughs> this is our last episode. We're getting kicked off anchor. <laughs> Brandenburg v. Ohio, nineteen sixty-nine. We're not advocating that anyone should. We're I need. I need a Brandenburg v. Ohio patch. Yeah, just, you know we should reach out to Poppins for that. that. I, yeah, I want one to put on my hat though for when I'm out out and about. Just yeah, pat, patch check. What do you got? I got black guns matter. Black guns matter. Mine, huh, ironically, we didn't coordinate this, is uh, hashtag no lives no matter. matter. And, you, and, <laughs> you got, and you got a shirt of note on. Yes, I do. Considering <laughs> that we just had our, our latest selection, I have a t-shirt from the Thirst Mutilator, Barando, because it has electrolytes, <laughs> which are what plants grape on yeah. right now. I got the Boogaloo Boys from Poppins Patches on the mic cover, and then I got the uh, It's Dangerous to Go Alone, Take This, AK. On the hat. <laughs> so, you imagine so, if Link had actually been handed an AK, like at the beginning, like, and he'd just been like, "It's, it's revolution!" Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. You hear the Russian or the, the the Belarusian national anthem in the background? Yeah. <laughs> 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 everything everything turns a shade of red. Yeah. There's a little there's a little tank. Yeah, there's a little tank at the bottom. Yeah, there's a whole lineup of people come out chorus singing. <laughs> you get a you get a tank instead of a raft. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, we are that fucking old original Nintendo. <sighs> what the gold the gold cassette. Oh yeah, you know, and the thing is the the thing is, like, we just had that incident, Jason, you and I earlier, because we took a quiz from Drive Tribe uh, oh, God. to identify car parts, and it judges how old you are based on that. And we both got between fifty one and eighty. Yeah, we both got boomer, <laughs> and and none and none of the questions were like tough. I know the one that I could see, like, especially like Gen Zers not getting, especially if they're not into the hot rod community, is the air conditioner. Yes, and I could choke, see them not getting the, the hand right. choke. Oh, and the hand choke, yeah. The, they, the, they might the not pull, have gotten The pull choke, they probably wouldn't I, have gotten either. I took one of those a while back, and I was, was in the same category as you guys, simply because I knew what the little foot dimmer switch was. Mm-hmm. I was surprised that one wasn't in there. Yeah. Actually, that that's one pretty, wasn't part of it. Common. The window-mounted air conditioner. That one, that one will get, people yep. will get wrong. Yeah, because it's if you don't know, and so the fun fact is if you don't know, it's literally a box with air, an air intake in the front, and it's got a vent out the side. You would fill it with actual ice, ice. Yeah. and then hang it on your window, and as you drove, it would force air in over the ice, which would make it cool, and then it would be blowing cool air into your car. <laughs> and that was that was the way air conditioning worked clear up until uh, the late 50s, early 60s, yeah. really. Yep, check it out off the gridders. It works. It works, man. So, all right, let's get into this. Let's uh, um, I think our I think our, our in the the chat I mentioned that we were just gonna do just a couple articles, and then we were gonna get into predictions uh, and stuff. Predictions and from the Harris, I mean the the Biden regime. And I really then, wish yeah. that my computer was working so that I could play the Gur going doom. 
So, all right, let's uh, let's bring up that first. Which one do we want to bring up first? Might as well start with the most expensive. Start with that one. <laughs> the most expensive. It's fucking so much money, guys. I mean, wrap your head around it's what? What's the number? Fourteen. Fourteen billion. Fourteen billion with a B, as in bullshit. Imagine that kind. Of, wrap your head around having that kind of money to blow. Imagine uh, uh, Bloomberg spent a hundred million dollars. A hundred million dollars. Think about what you can buy with that kind of money. Even in even if you lived in Southern California, think about the kind of money you could buy with fourteen billion dollars. You'd be like upper middle class. <laughs> you get a studio in San Francisco. Yeah, you could almost afford a large studio in Lower Manhattan. Yeah, fourteen so, billion dollars. All right, it's an article from this is OpenSecrets.org. Uh, we've talked about them before. I love this site. Uh, twenty twenty election to cost fourteen billion, blown away spending records. Uh, total cost of the twenty twenty election will re- will reach nearly an unprecedented. 14 billion, making it the most expensive election in history and twice as expensive as the previous presidential election cycle. The 2016 one, the one where Trumpy Boo first My ran. God. Yeah. They spent twice as much money. Or twice, sorry, not they spent twice as much, but twice as much money was spent on the 2020 selection cycle as opposed to the 2016 selection cycle. That's pretty uh, and, easy to believe if you watched any TV or listened to radio in the past six months, because holy Or just Christ. tried to watch anything on YouTube. Mother or of Hulu. God. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's according to an estimate from the Center for Responsive uh, Politics. The center previously estimated the election would see nearly 11 million in total spending, but the extraordinary influx of political donations in the final months driven by the Supreme Court battle and closely watched races for the White House and Senate, pushed total spending past $11 billion figure within weeks to go before the election day. Even amid a pandemic, everyone is giving more in 2020, from ordinary individuals making small donations to billionaires cutting eight-figure checks to super PACs. Uh, women are smashing donation records, and Americans are increasingly donating to candidates who aren't running for offices in their state. I'm looking I mean, at this chart, this graph that they have on this article, and I'm seeing 2016 presidential election spending just on the presidential race yes. was roughly two and a half billion dollars. Presidential election spending in 2020, according basing just looking at this graph, rough figure looks like six and three quarters billion uh-huh. dollars. For with a yeah. B, for for, for a position of, for a position that makes four hundred thousand dollars a year. Yes. So you know anyone else like getting the the producers vibes here, where like you should just run and just not actually get win and then pocket everything and be like, oh, we just you know brought in more money than we needed. Bye. <laughs> And pull Bernie Sanders, you know, and uh, just run and be like, I think I'm going to buy a fourth house. Yeah. And, uh, quote, <laughs> and then uh, still campaign as a socialist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am totally for you, e- comrade, as you equality, drive away. Equality. Equality. <laughs> See, my, my Ferrari is red. <laughs> we <laughs> must tax the billionaires. 
Not the millionaires anymore, but the billionaires. Because he's a millionaire. Yeah, I love when he changed he's a millionaire that. now. He was like the millionaires, yeah, and then he became a millionaire, and all of a sudden he's like the billionaires, and it's like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, quote, donors poured uh, record amounts of money into the 2018 midterms, and 2020 appears to be a continuation of that trend, but magnified, said Sheila Krumholtz, executive director of the Center for Responsive Politics. Quote, 10 years ago, a billion-dollar presidential candidate um, would have been a difficult to imagine. This cycle we will likely see too. The 2020 election is more than twice the expense, uh, twice as expensive as the runner-up, uh, the 2016 election. In fact, this year's election will see more spending than the previous two election cycles combined. Jesus. Jesus. Uh, the massive numbers are headlined by unprecedented spending in the presidential contest, which expected to see $6.6 billion in total spending alone. That's up from around $2.4 billion in the 2016 race. And let's be honest here. Were there any undecideds for this election? I mean, actually any undecideds? Who, anybody who is going to be influenced by any of this? I spoke probably, to exactly not. two people who yeah. were... Hemming and Han is whether or not they wanted to vote for Cheeto or Dementia Man. Yeah. Um, Democratic and in the end, pres- both of them voted for Joe Jorgensen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Democratic <laughs> presidential nominee Joe Biden will be the first candidate in history to raise $1 billion from donors. His campaign brought in a record-breaking $938 million through October 14th, writing Democrats' enthusiasm to defeat Trump. President Trump uh, raised 596 million, which would be a strong fundraising effort if it not for Biden for not for Biden's immense haul. I mean, I'm kind of feeling feeling a little like uh, like looking at Biden doing that. Like, I didn't isn't like they're the Democrats' whole spiel that they're for the, like they're they're the class of the working man and the the downtrodden and the poor and a billion dollars. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Like maybe there's a hole here. I find it interesting. I I probably jumped ahead of you here, Jason. I'm looking at the next graph in the story. Says Democrats dominate election spending. Democrat candidates and groups have spent 6.9 billion dollars compared to 3.8 billion for Republicans. Democrats' spending falls to 5.5 billion when excluding spending by billionaire presidential candidates. Michael Bloomberg and <laughs> Tom Steyer. <laughs> right there. That's oh. what I'm talking about right there. <laughs> but your vote totally counts when compared to a million or a billion dollars for one candidate. How do <laughs> I honestly like I mean I know that at one point in my life, you know, I did vote once in my life I in did. a presidential election. 2012 I voted for Ron Paul. I uh, <laughs> I voted for George W. Bush, um, but <laughs> hey, check <laughs> again. He, he, at the time, was, I had incentive. He was good to the military. <laughs> exactly. At the time, I had incentive. Um, but like the, I did vote. I did vote for George W. Bush to get reelected, and that was the only time. But now, I, I've been an anarchist for so long now. I what what do you think you're achieving? And you know of uh, of the anarchists assembled here, I would be the the most fresh um, coming out of high school. My first presidential election was Bush's reelection campaign. 
when I unfortunately Andrew voted against you. <laughs> <laughs> um, why yeah. do you hate the troops, Christopher? <laughs> yeah, why I do you hate one? one. <laughs> I want one. <laughs> shove that, shove that yellow ribbon up your ass, son. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then, in, then in two thousand eight, uh, I unfortunately voted for Obama. Okay, Hanoi Jane. Right. <laughs> Uh, and then, but then in 2012, I voted for Ron Paul. And then I was already, I was already an anarchist. Well, heading anarchist by then, I was very definitely a libertarian, but I was also I, a libertarian. I was understood. very much so in the libertarian at that point. I, I went from conservative Republican to libertarian at the midterms. Yeah, about 2009, 2010, um, I was associated with some groups here in california and i i was leaning libertarian at the time and then once i stopped associating with that group i became libertarian right away and 2012 is when i created my page wolf in the sheeple's world and voted ron paul and i remember arguing with anarchists and and libertarians and republicans and democrats that whole time and i'm just like you guys are in fucking insane like i thought anarchists were insane <laughs> for letting go <laughs> letting go of that i mean even and and now that i think about i mean i was still i was a libertarian but i guess because i i did when i finally turned anarchist was the midterms the second time around with obama when i i was getting involved in politics and starting to you know look at possibly running and and for state senate and everything else and then that whole fiasco which i talk about on nick's podcast um well yep. his old one the enemy of the state sting pod session um that's that's when that happened and when i became an anarchist but now i mean having been an anarchist for so long i look at the the amount of money being spent and all these people who lobbied so hard and what what better things could your efforts and your money and everything have gone into 14 billion dollars think about the kind of change that could cause if that mm-hmm. was dumped into things like social programs where you were like you know what, I'm going to voluntarily contribute towards, you know, ending homelessness, or I'm going to voluntarily contribute towards feeding the homeless at the very least. I'm going to do these things. I'm going to, you know, put money into private education. and No, instead they spent it on supporting the guy that wrote the cry bill that sends minorities to jail for having a plant in their house, and the lady that keeps them in jail even though they're fucking innocent. Yeah, yeah. And now they're celebrating. And then they and, and then they stand around. Tears in their eyes. Do you know how many tweets I saw about these women going? I have tears in my eyes as Kamala Harris talks about. Well, finally, ladies, finally, and like, <laughs> hey, I just say, say female vice president. We also had a female candidate running for president, but y'all didn't yep. support her, did you? Nope. 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 Instead, you nope. supported the corrupt cop. <laughs> God, I love the meme. The memes are going to be so fucking fire for the next oh. couple of years. And then once Joe dies and Camilla takes over, the memes oh. are going to get even better. We're going to get into that in a little bit oh. when we start talking <laughs> about <laughs> predictions. The worst, the worst <laughs> it gets. The worst it, years? the worst it gets, the better the memes are. I was going to say, you oh. think it's going to be a couple of years? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking like. President-elect dies before they're inaugurated. I did, <laughs> I was, I did right. see that article. I did see the, 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 tweet, or the, the RT up. article about that, yeah. 
Um, but I found what I find funny is that there's uh, actual wines right now in Vegas. There's an over under on how long Joe Biden survives. I don't even know where I'd bet on that, to be honest with you. Like, that's that's a tough one. I saw three different lines. I saw one that said he wouldn't make it to inauguration. Um, I saw one that uh, said he wouldn't make it to May. And then I saw another one that said he wouldn't make it through two years. I think the two years would be the direction I'd go. I don't know. We'll see. I, I would Well, considering Pelosi and them had already talked about using the 25th Amendment to oust a sitting president before the election happened, I would be willing to bet that sometime around Inauguration Day, maybe shortly thereafter, there will be an anonymous leak of information saying that Joe Biden does, in fact, have dementia. And then they'll use yep. the 25th Amendment to oust him and to install who they really want, which is fucking corrupt cop Harris. Kamala Harris. But that would be my bet, is they would wait until after inauguration just so Joe gets his fancy painting. And then uh, then use the 25th to kick kick him out and put Harris in. Do you do you think he's gonna have like a little girl who's Harry sniffing in his painting? There's <laughs> <laughs> just gonna be a picture of him going. <laughs> he might not have that on his actual presidential portrait, oh, but I but guarantee you, it's somebody's gonna mean. make one. <laughs> that is absolutely getting me. Um, oh, yes. <sighs> okay. Uh, oh. Back to the article. Um. Much of Biden's campaign cash came in late as he broke single-month fundraising records in September and October. The same can be said for Democratic candidates running for Senate in South Carolina, Maine, and Arizona, who now hold the top three spots for the best fundraising quarters ever. I think it says a lot about the American political process that in the last moments, people are like, oh shit, we need to throw more money at it. It actually, they bring up Citizens United. Um, spending by deep pocket national groups is also driving the total cost of election higher. In the month of October alone, outside spending by super PACs and other big money groups totaled nearly $1.2 billion. These groups are spending far more to boost Biden than to help Trump further aiding the Democrat cash flush campaign. Quote, when Citizens United was decided 10 years ago, conservatives were the quickest to jump on the newly permissible outside groups as a way to facilitate huge donations, says Sarah Biner, research director at the Center for Responsive Politics. Quote, now liberal groups have far more have have now liberal groups have have more than made up for the difference and are taking advantage of every opportunity to get their message out. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you can and, and you can hear if you go back and you listen to political ads. I don't know why you want to do that to yourself. But if at some point you decide you you hate your life that much um, and you want to do that, if you listen to pre-Citizens United, post-Citizens United, boy, all of a sudden it's just this explosion in post-Citizens United of this, you know, this political message is not authorized by any candidate or candidate's campaign. Yep. All right. Here's here's I. A couple of paragraphs. There's going to be a number in here, and your guys are going to fucking shit. But it's um, uh, even more, or even when excluding the money spent by billionaire presidential candidates Michael Bloomberg and Tom Steyer, Democratic candidates and groups have spent 
billion compared to the Republicans, 3.8 billion. Democrats have never had a financial advantage this large. Both parties raised more than ever from small donors, but Democrats came out on top. Democrats have raised nearly 1.7 billion from bite-sized donors compared to 1 billion for Republicans. Overall, small donors account for 22% of the money raised in 2020 cycle, a high watermark. These individual donors giving $200 or less only accounted for 15% of money raised in the 2016 election. But 22 that's it, 22%, less so, than you know, a quarter so, of it. Yeah, less than a quarter roots. of it was mm-hmm. grassroots. But they still, they raised $1.7 billion from people donating $200 or less. That's still again, insane. But who would build the roads? I don't know, people who can collectively donate over a billion dollars to meaningless bullshit. Right, they can probably afford to pool their money to get. Oh, but how would you convince people to pool their money? Obviously, <laughs> this is yeah, a okay. demonstration. Or, or my uh, personal favorite one. Uh, how uh, about one one point seven billion one billion or one point seven billion divided by two hundred uh, is eight and a half million people. So eight point five million people donating two hundred dollars equals one point seven billion. 1.7 billion. How how many low income families that can't afford their medical bills could have you know gotten the care that they needed by voluntarily pooling? Mm-hmm. Let's just lump it all together. 2.7 billion. Yeah. 2.7 billion dollars. How many low income people could have had their medical debts wiped out and there- received treatments that they needed for 2.7? Billion dollars. Two point seven billion. Two point seven billion divided by two hundred is thirteen point five million people. Yeah, how many small business owners that that were hit hard by the government restrictions in the name of COVID could have had their businesses saved with that money? With that money, how many how many homeless shelters and and housing for the homeless could be created? How much? How many good things could you have done with all of that money? How many instead how many of steps? pissing it away into a selection process? How many for how who many, is going to be your dear leader? How many teachers, firefighters, nurses? That's, yeah, the majority of firefighting in the United States is done by volunteers, unpaid volunteers who depend on community mm-hmm. donations for all their equipment. Imagine. Imagine $2.7 billion going to all these volunteer fire departments to get them new engines and better training and new equipment. Just, I mean, just for for one, we'll take one, $200, $200. You know how many school supplies $200 will buy? Oh, yeah. How many, how many socks, how many lunches it'll buy for the homeless? So we How many winter coats from Walmart can you buy for homeless kids? Yeah. Yeah, when when I went down to when I went down to El Salvador, right, to take a bunch of school supplies to to private, um, uh, like uh, rural schools out there, because the, there's no middle class in El Salvador. There's yeah. there's either yeah. the very very rich or the very very poor, and all the rural stuff is very very poor. And so we would take the the school that I went to would take school supplies down there annually, and just a huge amount of supplies. You know, we go down there and stuff, and we each only raised about two hundred dollars. For school supplies, they're between five of us, so about a thousand dollars, and that supplied 
14 schools worth of kids with mm-hmm. all the supplies they would need for the next entire school year. Yeah. Yeah. It's that simple. I mean, it's simple mathematics and you look at it and you look at a cost benefit and you go, well, clearly if I had given all of this money <laughs> to the causes that I claim, especially in the case of the Democrats, the causes that I claim to care so much about, but I can't be bothered to donate a dime of my own money to them. But I will th- I will just take that $200 and set fire to it and then put it out with some piss in yeah, my I'll, front fucking yard. I wonder how yep. much the NRA the NRA brought in this cycle. That's that's an almost disgusting number too. Actually, I did see something where they did bring in a bunch, but at the same time that other organizations FPC made a yep. huge gain. Uh, I know the FPC uh, said they brought a lot, yeah. FPC yeah, and GOA. Yeah. Uh, well, is still getting tons because they're gearing up to do a bunch of legal fights against everything that Biden wants to do. Yep, they're they're racing to get that shit to the Supreme Court. Yep. Um, By the way, my FPC membership stuff is coming soon. I still need to sign up. Yeah, you do. It's twenty five bucks, and you get entered into a drawing for a free gun. Yeah, I'm in California. I couldn't win it anyway. You can still <laughs> win it. You just have to have a ten round limiter on the mag. Or don't, or don't you could just that. have don't Andrew and I store it until you get out of there. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll hang on to it for you. <laughs> we'll hang on to it for you. <laughs> put it put it at the bottom of a lake for me. All you right. got it. Uh, the pandemic forced candidates to forego in-person fundraisers of wealthy donors. Uh, campaigns have increased increasingly relied on virtual fundraising using text and emails. I know I got a fucking shitload of them. How did everybody else get? I didn't get a single one. Not oh, I got a single ton. I got. Oh, yeah. I got one literally every single day, sometimes twice a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't get most a of mine single came, political text. Most of mine came from Lord Dampnut and his side of things. I did get one from Joe, from a Joe Biden campaign person, and when I responded to that the way I responded to it, I never heard from that campaign again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, the funny thing is I got a ton of emails. I got a ridiculous number of emails from the Republican Party. Even though I'm not a registered member and have never been, I got a ton of those. But I didn't get a single text yeah. message, not a single phone call, nothing. Yeah. Uh, campaigns increased, uh, increasingly relied on virtual fundraising to text emails, a strategy that works better when Americans are more engaged in politics. Uh, the first had to build the list of supporters to solicit donations from an area where online ads on Facebook and Google provided the provide pr- proved to be immensely successful. Political groups have spent over a billion dollars this year to advertise on these platforms, including the Open Secrets online ads database. <sighs> they spent a billion dollars on Facebook and Google to tell you to go vote for some. To tell show. you to go pick their chosen master. Yeah. Um, yep. But I'm NASA. Great, and he's NASA. Uh, Democrats are also raising more in large part because women are given are giving more. More than 1.5 million women have donated to federal com- committees, and accounting uh, for 44 percent of all donors. That's up 37 percent from 2016. In the 2020 election, women have given 2.5 billion through mid-October, up from 1.3 billion through the entire 2016 election. According to the center's research, women are more likely to be Democratic donors. In the 2020 election, women giving out $200 uh, have donated $1.3 billion to Democrats and roughly $570 million to Republicans. 
Oh. And then it gets so on I, to some just, specifics in, in South Carolina and Florida. and It's a really long article. I, I love what Open Secrets does. I'm not going to read this whole article. It's just too much. I, wanna, I just want to reiterate here. There is a metric ton of money. Metric, being, shit, metric shit ton. Metric shit ton of money. Thank you for the correction. Being a, it's, just, a scientific, it's a scientific term. We have to get it right. Being just pissed all over everything. Over who is going to run your life. What yes. color the boot on your throat is going to fucking be. Yeah. It's well, like when my, you my could easily did earlier. We were talking, I, I don't remember if that was early in the show or if it was in the pre-show, but 14 billion was spent on this about a billion dollars annually to cure hunger in starving areas of Africa. So for 14 years, the amount of money pissed away this year or on this fucking selection cycle could have fed people and possibly induced some manner of prosperity because people won't be freaking the fuck out over, not, over whether or not they'll be able to eat for the next 14 years of their lives. Think of how many think of how many homeless people you could house. The the um, in Madison when they built their tiny home village for the homeless, the average cost of one of those tiny homes because it was all volunteer labor, the average cost was like four hundred and something dollars. Yep, per tiny house. So think about how many tiny homes to get homeless families in particular off the streets and into some sort of a safe environment. Or they can maybe rebuild their lives. Mm-hmm. Think of how many people you could have helped with that. Think about how many of them would suddenly be able to no longer be homeless and break that endless cycle and be able to, to fix things with not even, I mean, you could do that for a quarter of what was spent on this election across the entire United States. All of it. How much was the tiny one? $475 roughly? It, it, yeah, it was like, it was, I know Let's it was say under 500. 500. Let's say 500 even. 28 million tiny homes with volunteer labor could be built for $14 billion. Think about the impact that would make. That would create a surplus of tiny homes for homeless people. You could literally build a fleet of robots to clean human shit off the street in San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. Jason feels personally attacked. <laughs> Think of how many needle collection points that could create in San Francisco. Hell, you could create a few extra ones in lacrosse. Yeah, Jesus. It's I mean, it, it boggles the amount of the amount of good you could do with that kind of money just blows my mind. If you and had people just piss it away. Yeah. They Does just that, went, here, here, dear leader, let me throw money at you. Right. Please and anything that goes, you seize power. And anything that goes unspent, you can't tell me that that doesn't somehow, some way, end up in the personal pockets of these people. Well, we know it does. Look at Bernie Sanders. Right. But I mean... They they say you know legally like the fucking law means shit. It's not supposed or it's supposed to stay in the campaign fund for future elections or something like that. 
or be surrendered to the committee, the national committee. It doesn't. Well, it, if you have $14 billion, you get to play by entirely different rules than the average person. Right. And laws no longer exist when you have that no. kind of money. Uh, uh, f- uh, Freaking fines are nothing but taxes for yeah. doing things fees. that other... They're just fees for breaking victimless laws. Well, that guy, that guy that, that parked illegally, and I'm like, hey, it's a $200 fine to park here. Right, that story, the, the guy yep. he parks illegally. No, oh, it's going to be $200. It's a $200 fine to park here. Oh, no, that just means it cost me $200 to park here. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is the mentality of people that are that kind of rich. And you're just taking this money and shoving it into their pockets and going, please, dear leader, when you lead the party and the great people's revolution occurs, please remember me. And that's all you're doing. You oh, know, the funny thing is. Spoiler. They won't remember you. Yeah, the, the funny thing is, is what's going to happen is all these people who are currently, I'm literally in tears on Twitter over Biden winning and Trump losing are about to discover real fucking fast the true nature of Joe Biden, assuming he survives long enough. Because remember, Biden is the guy who at the beginning of his career campaigned and won on I oppose the repeal of Jim Crow and I oppose the integration of schools. He's the one who wrote the 94 omnibus crime bill. He's the one who talked about corn pop. All right. This is the guy. He's the one that his vice presidential, his vice, his fucking VP pick tore him apart on the debate stage because he opposed busing. Okay. Um, Doing quick math while you guys are talking, the the total votes listed on Google for Trump, Biden, um, Joe, whoever the other guy is, and the other guy is comes to like one hundred forty eight million seven hundred eighty six thousand. Fourteen billion divided by one hundred forty eight million seven hundred eighty six thousand and change comes out to about ninety four dollars and ten cents per vote. Almost a hundred dollars per vote. Yeah, like not like nine, 90, 95 dollars per vote. Yeah, like <laughs> <sighs> just, you want to talk about contributing to the perpetuation of the cycle of your own oppression. That right there is it on like turn to eleven. Right, yeah. that is that is I want to be oppressed harder, daddy, on steroids. Mm-hmm. You spent a hundred dollars in order to pick the guy that you were just going to pick anyway. Yeah, I, and you pick to oppress your neighbor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Thank but that's you. the thing is like, there's I've been seeing posts like, oh, it's the end of racism, and I'm like, do you know <laughs> Joe Biden's fucking history? Are you kidding me? Like, I'm not going to argue that Trump isn't a racist piece of shit too, but he's I, not the kind no, of institutionalized actually, racist, long term racist piece of shit I that actually, Joe Biden is. I actually got into that some with someone earlier about Trump being a racist. I'm anti-Trump, all right? Don't get me wrong. I can't fucking stand Trump. And the only thing that I could think of that Trump could actually be, like, even remotely considered racist is his border policy. And even well, I mean, that, that's, that's when, you, when you really look it's, at it, before 2016, not, yeah, before 2016, when he decided to run against Hillary Rotten Clinton, he, I mean, he was winning awards from prominent members of the black community he was get he there are pictures all across 
for years, decades of him hanging out with the likes of Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton and getting awards and Al Sharpton and Sharpton, getting awards. There's a racist son of a bitch. Right. Oh, yeah. But I mean, he's getting awards from these people for helping the black community with his money. And then all of a sudden he decides to run against the anointed queen and oh, orange man, giant racist. Yeah. Well, exactly. well, remember that, that people accused Ron Paul of being racist and he, during the civil rights era, ran a, a hospital that was like the only free hospital that was willing to treat people of color. Yeah. Yeah. And they accused him of being racist too. And like, I loved his response though on Twitter when he get, when somebody accused him of that, it was just a post, no words, just that photo of the news article talking about how the this local doctor you know agrees to treat colors for free blah 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 and like it was just that like i'm just gonna go ahead and let my actions speak for themselves (laughs) yep and you know and that comes back to we're talking and granted neither biden nor trump have a great content of character period but it's all about you know, think back to Martin Luther King. Judge a man not by the color of his skin, by the content of his character. Well, if you're judging people by the content of their character, why are we giving them fucking control of the country? Because those people control a 13-year, 15,000-hour multi-generational indoctrination program. Oh, I program. know. I know. But it's... Well, that, I, but that, that's my point, is... Everybody, they're so willing to give control of their lives to these other people that are just garbage human beings. Well, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's there's a quote from Andrew Breitbart, right? You guys know Breitbart.com. Like before it turned into a neo, between it turned into a neocon bootlicking place. Well, he was still alive. Well, he was still alive. Um, It was a really good site. And it had this quote. Where he said politics is downstream of culture, and that's that's the issue yeah. that we have now is is they they being the collectivists, the cultural Marxists, the liberals, um, big government supporters, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They control the culture in this country. They control yeah. it through through the education, through the entertainment. Uh, multi, it's a multi generational program at this point, and when you can control the culture, you can control the way people think you can control the politics you can control what they support you can control the entire over 10 window and that right. that's that's the issue that we're, that we're running into right now and how ha- well, i mean not right now but have been running into andrew that was way too trippy yeah that that was kind of a <laughs> yeah sorry i don't have my computer is still dead andrew turned his phone and it turned the screen and we went for a ride <laughs> it's a good um, thing I'm not a few more beers into this. <laughs> it would have been really good. <laughs> yes. Whoa. No, good, th- um, good thing that wasn't worse than cannabis I took. Oh, <laughs> uh, was it God, was it Himmler or was it Borman, one of them that was talking about schooling? Uh, and John Taylor Gatto? I have no idea. Oh god, it was one of the one of the two Nazis. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a few, there's a lot there's, of them. There's a few, but, um, well, Andrew looks that up. I'll go back into that. Yeah. But, um, politics is downstream of culture. And, and when you can control 
or or influence how people think through their their the, through the through their information collectors, right? Through education, through the influencers. Look at the influencers. Look at the celebrities that were out there this year, right? Through social media and all that indoctrination, like you have obvious, obvious conservative censorship on on Twitter and Facebook and all these other sites. Um, and that helps change Overton window. And when you can control the Overton window, you can control the culture, you control the culture, you control the politics. Oh, oh. it's so um, it's it's Adolf Hitler is in a speech uh, from June of 33. He said, if the older generation cannot get accustomed to us, we shall take their children away from them and rear them as needful to the fatherland. Yep. That was what I was looking for. So Goebbels, Goebbels was a smart man. That was that was actually Hitler that said that. Um, oh, Goebbels was a speech writer. Yeah, Goebbels, Goebbels wrote his, a lot of his speeches and things, and I, I couldn't remember if it was Himmler or Goebbels or, or Borman or who it was that actually said, but apparently Hitler said at least one that I found quickly, which is exactly what we're seeing. It's that idea that, mm-hmm. well, the older generations aren't going to acquiesce to us. So yeah, there's there's the adage about uh, you get you become more conservative as you get older. No, bro, <laughs> you guys you guys were just indoctrinated differently. Yeah, it's I mean and that's the thing is like the the hyper America first policy and everything else and the and don't forget I mean you know people pretend that there's such a difference between Democrats and Republicans but if you look historically at what presidents that have been Republicans and have been Democrats have done. If you didn't know who had done it and or and you just had the general events, you would assume you could guess that it was either one. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, it really is a t- true 50-50 chance. Like well, I mean, when's when's the last time we had a true anti-war leftist president? Have we ever had a truly anti-war leftist president? Not that I can recall. Ever? No. I mean, no. I don't think so. I mean, even Kennedy that was billed is so so, you know, progressive and he's the one who got us into vietnam (laughs) we are opposed around the world but now let's turn it on its head how many when was the last time we had a true anti-war right-leaning president those exist um that's a a thing i was gonna say calvin Calvin the only one (laughs) (laughs) you're going back a long ways there a century um, at this point. Yeah. I mean, the the guy who famously said that I hope that my legacy as president will be that I in general left everybody alone. Right. <laughs> what, if, if we could get a president like that today, I might actually be inclined to go back out and vote again. Yep. That'll never happen, though. That'll no, never happen. Because, because the ones who pull in... 14 billion dollars right are the pro-war pro uh american exceptionalism exceptionalism pro um you know military industrial complex like again mm-hmm. i mean don't forget that the military industrial complex straight up said leading up to the election collectively well we're not worried about who wins the election because we're still going to get paid yeah right. um well, ralph and- ralph Bo- or randolph Randolph Bourne, 1918, he wrote an essay called War is the Health of the State. 
He said, uh, war is the health of the state. It automatically sets in motion throughout society. Those, irres those irresistible forces for uniformity, for passionate cooperation with the government and coercing the obedient, the minority groups, the individuals that lack the larger herd sense. The machinery of government sets and enforces dr uh, drastic penalties. The minorities are either intimidated into subtle uh, or um, intimidated into silence or brought slowly around by a subtle process of persuasion, which may seem to them to really to really convert them. Of well, course, at... those of course, the ideal of perfect loyalty, perfect uniformity is never obtained. Look at uh, the the Celts, one of my my favorite cultures, because they're, you know, my ancestry um, completely. But look I'll at throw, the Celts and the fact that I'll throw a link to that, that in the description, you guys. The, the Celts, you know, they were they were warring tribes who were all very independent and regarded their, we assume, based on the writings of the people who fought them, very much about their independence and their freedom and everything else. Mm -hmm. But they they were very independent of each other. They're all these independent groups with no leaders and everything, unless they had a common enemy to fight. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then they united. The the most diverse and and unwilling to cooperate with each other people in the history of planet Earth, <laughs> the Celts <laughs> would still join together and follow like Vercingetorix, or they'd follow Boudica, you know, they'd follow Bren because they had a common enemy to fight. And the guy's going, Well, I will lead you to victory over these people. Well, or woman in the case of Boudica. Um and this is this is demonstrative of a trend throughout history of humanity that even when we're super divided, you give us a single enemy to hate more than we hate our neighbor, and all of a sudden now we will work. Wasn't that the entire point of Hadrian's Wall? Well, Hadrian's Wall was to try and keep the picks out, um, yeah. who were Irish, actually Irish colonists that had moved uh -huh. from Ireland into Scotland. Okay. Um, it didn't work. Uh, and at one point, the Picts actually held the entire wall instead of the Romans <laughs> for a little while. Um, I, was so on the wrong, really I was on the wrong island. Yeah, uh, it didn't really work out too well. But yes, that was the point was that it was it was this common enemy and it was to keep them out. And I mean, you see that again and again and again with history where look at when Hitler took control of Germany. Oh, well, we need you know, we need common enemies. So the common enemies are the Jews and the Untermensch. Right, the, the common mm -hmm. common enemies. When uh, the Soviets take over Russia, oh well, the common enemy is the bourgeoisie. It's the it's the ruling class. They're they're the common enemy. They're the ones that we should all fight. You see it again and again and again and again. That is how tyrants gain as much power as they do is just getting everybody to look at oh the the xenophobia. Look at that other guy. And, oh, we need to fight that guy. Yeah, and, it's the it's the same argument with capitalism versus socialism right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, the capitalism is the enemy. That's who we need to fight. <laughs> capitalism it. is the enemy. Spends fourteen thousand or fourteen billion dollars on election. Fourteen billion dollars voluntarily contributed. <sighs> capitalism. Oh, by the way, <laughs> hey, if any of you if any of you out there who are listening or watching this happen to you know accidentally stumble into some common sense remember without capitalism you wouldn't have the money to piss 14 billion dollars away fucking election. Hey, anybody anybody want to send me like one percent of that 
I'll stop podcasting. I'll I'll be quiet. <laughs> just you can buy my silence for the low low price of eight thousand dollars a month. That's yep. <laughs> I tried to sell my vote for Bitcoin. Nobody bought it. <laughs> five Bitcoin. Send me five Bitcoin monthly, and I will support every policy that you want. I am a sellout. That'll work that for five, me. Five five Bitcoin right now is like over seventy thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. Per month. Mm-hmm. Per month, but it's only five. <laughs> it's only five. Uh, send me that. Send me that billion dollars that the government just confiscated. Yeah, send me that billion yeah. dollars in Bitcoin, and and uh, I will stop talking completely. My <laughs> silence can, in fact, be bought at oh, least bit- Bitcoin's at a uh, fifteen four twenty eight right now. Excellent. Yeah, I'm so glad I have that one Bitcoin stashed away somewhere. <laughs> You know, every time I hear that, though, my heart breaks for that dude back in the day who spent 10,000 Bitcoin to buy a pizza. Like, <laughs> somebody I wonder what somebody had right to be now. the first one. Somebody had to be the first one. I know, but God damn it. Like, of all the it's things to be, be the first pissed. one to do, like, hey, I'm the first one who completely blew what would potentially be a multi-billion dollar investment. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the billion dollars that the government just confiscated was like 66,000 coins or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Jesus. Uh, Actually, if a, if a if a person were to free Ross Ulbrich, I would re- I would vote for them for re-election. Yeah, those are, just immediately. Yeah. Like, nah, he gets a full pardon. Bye. Yeah. You're free. Those are those are those are my two those are my two uh, conditions: either a ten thousand dollars in Bitcoin, or uh, sitting president frees Ross Ulbrich. Then I'll then you can have my vote. And Chelsea Manning and Julian Assange. Yes. It, it would take all three for me to go back into a voting booth. Yeah, and then, then um, I would I'm vote. A, I'd be I'm like, a whore. Right, I'm a whore. I'm okay. I'll, I'll <laughs> I have I have some morals occasionally. Right? I am morally flexible, but <laughs> you know how much I, ammo I, I you know how much ammo ten thousand dollars would buy? That's like like in today's market. That's like seventeen nine millimeters right now. Yeah, I know. That's a, <laughs> I was gonna say in today's market, that's like maybe that's maybe a magazine's worth. You might get yeah. two <laughs> if you find the right deal, but I have that amount of money sitting in ammo right now. <laughs> <laughs> Buy enough ammo for my two world wars. Well, well, shit, world... If, that's, right. if that's the case, I am a whore. Who wants it? um all right let's get into this next one uh biden plans immediate flurry of executive orders to reverse trump policies gosh i'm just just shocked i'm totally absolutely i really hope that he does this and then like the courts call him out and then there's and it's just, and it becomes like a do nothing presidency until he dies and commit heretics over. Uh, honestly, if if everything shakes out the way that they think it's going to, all right, it, it's going to be mostly a do nothing presidency anyway because yeah. he's going to have divided Congress, right. yeah, plus Does, the Supreme Court's against him. All right, yes or no question? Does Joe survive the four years? No. Nope. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. Right. I think that's a pretty unanimous. <laughs> this panel has spoken. There is no way. There is no way that mark they it down, them. Vegas. Mark I, it down. I'm I'm fairly certain that uh, Joe should hire a food taster at this point. 
CIA has the heart attack guns, man. Are That's you kidding true. me? They can just put the man on a roller coaster. And not even a big <laughs> roller coaster. All those little dragon roller coasters they have at the fairs. <laughs> I just I just I got this image of Camellia and Nicole and Joe Biden. Oh, why would you think about that? She's well known for that in California. God damn it, now it's in my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, how the hell do you think she got the VP nomination? I mean, come on. Sniff me, Joe. Sniff me. <laughs> it's so wrong. Why would you do I that? Love, I love your hairy legs, Joe. <laughs> Oh man, Derek could be snorting oh, her ass God. off right now. <laughs> oh, it's if, so wrong. If you don't stiff me, Joe, you ain't black. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize to all seven of our listeners. <laughs> they just stopped listening right now. <laughs> Everyone's like, and no. I'm gonna go ahead Unsubscribe, and subscribe. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, Joe Biden plans immediate flurry of executive orders to reverse Trump policies. Uh, President-elect Joe Biden is planning to quickly sign a series of executive orders after being sworn into office on January 20th, immediately forecasting that the country's politics have shifted and that his presidency will be guided by radically different priorities. Different priorities? No, it's going to be guided by the exact same priorities. He was the last one. Me, me, me. Yeah, yeah exactly. he, will, he will rejoin the Paris Climate Accords, according to those close to his campaign and comments he has made in the recent months, and he will reverse President Trump's withdrawal from the World Health Organization. He will repeal the ban on almost all travel from some Muslim-majority countries and reinstate the program, allowing dreamers who were brought to the United States illegally as children to remain in the country, according to the people familiar with the plans. Wait, 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 wait. Read the sentence about the, the Muslim travel ban again. I just... He will repeal the ban on almost all travel from some Muslim-majority countries. What does that mean? It means he will I repeal mean, the ban on that. almost all travel on from almost some Muslim-majority countries. From some Muslim-majority countries. Well, well you, Trump, you can't, Trump's travel ban didn't ban travel from all Muslim-majority countries, just to select just few. For some. And, and of course, so. you, you, know, you know they're not going to lift the ban on Iran. Because they got to have the boogeyman out there. No, I would be surprised oh, if no, Joe right. didn't didn't do no, that. Oh, he's a fucking warhawk too. He's gonna keep. He is a warhawk too, but that would be the reason why he would do it. Get an Iranian who hates America to come to the U.S. do something stupid, and look what I get to do. That man is currently sitting him. around. He, you know, he's sitting around a Ouija board, channeling the spirit of John McCain right fucking now. Oh. Probably got John McCain's brain in a jar. How you doing, John? God, it sure is hot down here. <laughs> Did anybody else just have the image of Futurama, the Hall of Heads? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, he's, he's got, got the head of John McCain. He talks to all the time. Uh, uh, although transition of powers can always be, or all. Ah, uh, I'm on a roll tonight. Uh, although transitions of power can always include abrupt changes, the shift from Trump to Biden, uh, from one president who sought to undermine established norms and institutions to another who has vowed to restore an established order, will be among oh. the most startling in American history. 
considering Joe Biden's history, the an old established order phrase is one of the greatest lines I have seen in an article lately. <laughs> like, I just I, I have to, I have to read that paragraph again because although the transitions of power can always include abrupt changes, the shift from Trump to Biden, from one president who sought to undermine established norms and institutions to another who has vowed to restore the established order will be among the most startling in history. The fucking Washington Post just called Joe part of the established order, which means he's just another big government white liberal. Well, I just want to point out, Joe is definitely all about the established order. Oh, absolutely. When he opposed the repeal of Jim Crow and said that uh, black people shouldn't be able to eat at the same lunch counters as white people. He was all about the established order when he opposed integration of public schools and said that black kids shouldn't get to go to school with uh, white kids because that isn't how it was done. And blacks were just somehow different than whites. And that was just the established way of things. Joe is all about the established order when he says, oh, let's create this crime bill that says that basically I get to send cops into any black man's home because he has a plant and take his stuff, whether he gets convicted or not. That is Joe being all about the established 40, order. 47 years in government or something like that. But now he's going to fix everything. Oh, he's totally going to fix everything. Everything. Everything's fine now. Racism <laughs> is dead. Yeah, racism has stopped because we elected a hyper-racist fucking president. Uh, I mean, um, Trump, Trump is, a, you could almost at least make a case for Trump being a person of color, being that he is orange most of the time. But I mean, that's <laughs> Biden is nothing but white. I mean, he just goes fucking white. You notice, too, <laughs> that actually brings up an interesting... Have you not noticed that uh, this election we didn't hear anybody um, on the left saying anything about not wanting old white men in charge anymore? You know, I didn't uh, there, during During the primaries, yes. But once, oh, yeah, Joe, during the primaries. once Joe was established, um, there wasn't very many. There wasn't any that I saw that was all... Oh, well, we need to back Joe because he's not the Orange Fuhrer. Well, that's yeah, all I heard was Orange Man bad. There were dissenting voices that were silenced by the mainstream. I saw a lot I of just, it. On, I saw a lot of it on Twitter. Uh, yeah, because I'm just pointing out, like, I didn't see a whole lot of blue check marks or, like, leftist talking heads going, well, what about all these old white men? You know, it's we're the party against old white men. I didn't hear any of that this election because guess what? They elected an old white man. <laughs> I just hear Alyssa Milano just me, 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 me. Shut the fuck up. If you know, I mean, I'm not saying Alyssa Milano needs to be thrown into a wood chipper. What I am saying is that if she were thrown into a wood chipper, I would not cry. No. Biden's top advisors have spent months quietly <laughs> working on how best to implement his agenda. With hundreds of transition officials preparing to get to work inside various federal agencies, they have assembled a book filled uh, with his campaign commitments to help guide their early decisions. Biden is also planning to set up a Corona task force on Monday in recognition that the global pandemic will be the primary issue that he must confront. The task yeah, last time I was in Mexico, I also set up a Corona task force. Slightly different. <laughs> <laughs> I was completely surrounded by Coronas. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, uh, the goal was to seek out and eliminate Corona. 
the task force and every finished. line within two miles. Yes. <laughs> I know this guy's name, don't I? Yes, I do well, know I mean, him. You're looking at the article, so one would hope. Vivek H. Murthy? Yes. Got he was a he was a surgeon general. He had a um he was dismissed. Wait. Dismissed from his post as top doctor. Oh, he's the guy that said gun control was a health issue, was it was a mental health issue. That guy, he's that guy. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that guy. Oh, there are many names I wish to call him, but will not because YouTube will in fact remove this video. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, and David Kessler. Let's see. Uh, oh, sorry. Okay, back to the article I was reading. Um, let's. Oh, come on, stupid article. Uh, Biden's plan to set up coronavirus task force. Blah blah blah. Task force, which could begin meeting within days, will be co-chaired by former Surgeon General uh, Vivek H. Murdy. Mer- and David Kessler, a former Food and Drug Administration commissioner. Ah, because we all know that the FDA has everyone's best interest at heart. Okay, so I want to point out, so Biden is leaning on a former Surgeon General and a uh, author, public speaker, and death and grieving expert to head up his, <laughs> his coronavirus task force. That instills hope. <laughs> That's, oh, and he is an American. About. He's an American pediatrician, apparently, as well. Oh boy, because we all know that pediatricians are never wrong, like the ones who recommend circumcision. Never wrong. Yeah, I just started a hell of a comment war somewhere. Okay. Um. Let's see, uh... <laughs> Suck it. Okay, Vivek said, uh, what I'm calling for is more common sense. We may see various issues around violence as highly politicized because of how they're covered or how they're spoken about in public settings. Uh, the problems that we have faced are not problems that one party or one sector can involve on their own, but it's going to be a take a real partnership and working together across the country uh, that will help, access, help address the great health care challenges that our country is facing. Yeah, that's what he said about gun control. It common sense, blah blah blah. It's the same old, same old. Yep. Uh, Vivek Murthy is an American physician. Is always the same. Same. Pretty much. Um, American physician and former vice admiral in the Public Health Service Commissioned Corps, who served as the 19th Surgeon General of the United States. Murthy, who founded called vice admiral. That's what it says. Uh, who founded uh, the nonprofit Doctors for America in 2008, was the first Surgeon General of Indian descent, and while serving in office, was the youngest active duty flag officer in federal uniformed service. He was the Surgeon General under Barack, uh, with Barack Obama and uh, Lord Dampnut initially. That's right. He was. I know. Yeah. No, I remember this dude now. Okay. He was a vice admiral. That's right. Yes, he was. Although I, um, I, okay. I, I got to laugh because he was a vice admiral, but his uh, his boards are looking pretty naked. Let's see. Um, oh, yeah. 
Admirals don't generally. He pr- proposed, uh, attempted to cut gun control in halves by 2020 by banning assault weapons, tightening, tightening safety regulations, funding research on gun violence, and repealing laws that ban physicians from discussing gun safety with patients. First of all, what the fuck does a doctor know about gun safety? Fuck you, you fucking loop, fruit loop. Are you kidding me? And on top of that, I just... Oh, God. And these are the people. See, that? so it fucking begins. So it begins. How much you want to bet Mercy and Beto turn, out, turn up in the uh, uh, gun control... Uh, commission that Biden plans to implement. Oh, you know, you know what's going to happen. Oh, okay. You know what's going to happen is you're going to have no. You're going to have David Hogg as their public face. Oh God! Yep. Oh. Uh, quote: My concerns with regards to issues like gun violence have to do with my experience as a physician, seeing patients in emergency rooms have come in with acute injuries, but also seeing many patients over the years who are dealing with spinal cord injuries, post-traumatic stress disorder, and other chronic complications from gun violence. You know how many people I know who deal with post-traumatic stress disorder because of car accidents? How about we ban cars? Yeah. Is yourself included in that, Andrew? No. No, it is not. But um, (laughs) I know a lot of people who are included in that who do have post-traumatic stress car accidents. I mean, I've been in a lot of freaking car accidents, I know a crap ton of people who have uh, PTSD from... You know, physical abuse from their parents when they were kids, or um, I have <laughs> yeah. I have a number of friends who, unfortunately, throughout their high school years, may or were victims of sexual assault. They still struggle with PTSD, and I've been out of high school almost twenty fucking years. I mean, the clear answer is that we need to ban uh, heterosexual intercourse, uh, what cars, yep. parents, and marriage. Yep. Right. But if we just donated more money. To presidential candidates, <laughs> and banned all the things. Ban, ban all the things. Yes. Um, uh, Kessler, former food. Okay. Uh, there have been recognition of. There has also been a recognition of those around him that he may have that he may have to lean more on executive actions than he had hoped. He can reorient various federal agencies and regulations, and he can adopt a different posture on the world stage. But pushing major legislation through Congress could prove to be a challenge. Although the Democrats will hold a narrowed majority in the House, the final makeup of the Senate is not yet clear. Uh, They will decide on January 5th with two runoff elections in Georgia. Democrats would need to win both races to effectively have control of the Senate and Vice President Kamala Harris serving as the tie-breaking vote, while Republicans would retain a narrow advantage by winning at least one. You know, the funny thing is, is that Georgia has gone back to blue. Yes. said back to blue. And a lot of that is was because it, I think of, Georgia Georgia was on the list of uh, places that Bloomberg spent all that money. Yeah. yeah. It's Well, I mean, remember, Georgia was blue for a very, very long time. During the Jim Crow era and the Civil Rights mm-hmm. era, Georgia was very definitely blue. It was very solidly Democrat. Um, it wasn't until after the civil rights era that Georgia started going red and that was largely over gun rights. And the funny thing is, is now there's been such a giant influx of people, particularly from Florida and actually New York and Washington, D.C. into Georgia. that it started to lean blue again. Well, there's a, a lot of there's a lot of rural land up there and there's, you know, people. 
like with New York, uh, like on the West Coast here, California, uh, the, the the Richie part of the Bay Area, people are fleeing in droves. Like there was a point in time, like in like July or August, where you couldn't rent a U-Haul because they, they, they were all rented out because people were, were leaving the area. You know, that yeah. that also happened on the East Coast in, in New York and New Jersey and Atlanta, the actual Atlanta proper. I was going to say, I know a lot of, I know quite a few people that have fled the urban areas of the PNW, like Seattle, Portland, all of those, because of ever, because of all the bullshit going on up there. I know, I can think of at least eight people that I know personally who fled from Oregon to Idaho. Oh, yeah. Well, I hope they leave Oregon and Oregon. <clears throat> and no. I know at least five of them did. Uh-oh. Did we lose Andrew? Just video. He's fine. Okay. I see he's unmuted too. So yeah. So, but um, I forgot where we were going with that. Talking about how uh, Biden's commission or task force people were yeah, it's, most certainly going to drive everything. Well, he also to, the other thing that he wants is a, a national mask mandate, and there's also which, there's also talk of a national quarantine order yeah i've heard about that unfortunately Um, there's nothing up up to this point uh at the federal level there has been nothing like that like all the quarantine orders and mask mandates and whatnot have been local Um, well yeah that was city county state so there hasn't hasn't been any national order yeah that was trump's line in the sand with it is he's like i could or I, i don't want to do this and i don't have the authority to do this so I'm going to leave it up to the states, but I'm going to offer them all of the support that they need. If they Which support. even if you talk to Cuomo in New York and all the people that just railed against Trump uh, throughout the early stages of it, if they asked for something, they got it. But, except, for, except for California. Except for California. But, fuck California. Yeah, well. I'm changing it from the inside. I, I I'm just waiting for California to fall into the ocean so we don't just don't have to deal with it anymore. Hey, the no. San Andreas you know, San Andreas fault is like thirty miles west of me. Let it roll. I'm good. You know, you know. Speaking of speaking of the pan quote unquote pandemic and stuff and, and the debates. You know what's interesting is that a lot of people want to draw the parallels between now and 1916 and through 1918. <laughs> right? like the the um. The Jesus Christ, Andrew, account. your phone's drunk. It is. It keeps falling, man. It's going again, too. It's just like, eh. okay. So, no, they're trying to draw these parallels with those. And what's interesting is, even then, yes, lots of people wore masks, right? Whether or not that mattered, who knows? Because uh, despite all sorts of people wearing masks pretty much everywhere, like one in three households still had a family member die. Um, during the the three separate waves of the Spanish flu pandemic. But even during that, there was debates about mask mandates and debates about mandatory quarantines and things. And everyone came down even as one in three households are losing a family member. All these people are dying constantly. They're still railing against it because you don't have that authority yep yep but he's yeah, gonna try we people, all know he's gonna try people have the right to be dumb 
Yeah. Not not that I not that I'm saying wearing a mask is dumb. I'm not. I'm absolutely not saying that. It's your choice. But people have the right. If you want to make to that make, choice to for make yourself, a, to make what others consider to be a bad decision. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I, if you want to make that choice for yourself, I have no problem. If you want to wear a mask everywhere you go, that's your choice. If you think it's going to help you, great. That's fine. Don't shit on me because I choose not to. Yeah. Because remember, remember, too, that the whole thing initially was, well, masks protect you or or to protect you. And then they figured out, okay, well, no, they don't at all. That's a load of horseshit. So then they were like, oh, well, masks are to protect everybody else. But as soon as they went to that (laughs) tactic, now magically they go, well, keep yourself safe and wear a mask. Okay, but is it to protect me or to protect them? You're gonna have to make up your fucking mind. And then, and then was then the last CDC study reveal that like seven out of ten or something like that people that got it were regular mask wearers. Yeah. Yes. Well, the ones who died were yeah. regular mask wearers. Yep. And I, I'm not. I'm not a uh, you know an infectious agent specialist by any stretch of the imagination oh i did stay well, at a holiday I, in one, so. I did I, stay I at a holiday played, in i played a lot of plague incorporated i mean um i did play I, a lot of that i i have played doctor once or twice i, I have talked to a, <laughs> a a friend who happens to be an immunologist and he took a swab of three different patients masks that they wore oh. into the hospital oh they're nasty um and on there, he found traces of C. diff. He found traces of bubonic plague bacterium. I can't remember what the hell that one was called. Bypasses. And, yes. And uh, he also found traces of more common, uh, but MRSA. MRSA. Hey, so and you're MRSA, inhaling this. MRSA is the one of those that scares out. me. Oh, at least I, I may have gotten the plague. <laughs> But at least I didn't get COVID. Like, and that's the thing is they were these patients were admitted. They were admitted for COVID. But they had these other dangerous bacterium on growing inside their masks. Yeah, I can't imagine why most of the people who wear masks wound up dying. Right? Gosh, it's, it's almost like if your immune system is already compromised and then you hold this thing in front of your face so that you can inhale methicillin resistant streptococcus and why <laughs> into your lungs, then maybe, maybe this is going to cause a problem. <laughs> you know what? You know what the issue is, is we just didn't give enough money to political candidates. Just, that's right. If you'd only hit the $20 billion mark. That's it. If, if, if Biden, if Biden would have ran, on on ending co- ending COVID instead of ending racism, then we'd all be mask free right now. He did run on ending COVID though, <laughs> by sitting in his basement every fucking day I and know, calling a lid at nine a.m. every fucking morning. All right. Well, all right. We've already lasted longer on the subject than Biden's presidency will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. Let's move on to, to our other favorite, our other favorite subject. Boobs. Uh, other other favorite subject. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, is the U.S. already <laughs> in a new civil war? Hold Gosh. On. Before you say anything, this is an article from Vice. So, it's gonna be fun. 
It is a remarkable article from Vice. And I oh my it. god, we should have brought that. I other, haven't had a chance to read it yet. Should have brought that other article too, the one about um, refusal to wear masks being toxic masculinity. <laughs> I still got time. <laughs> right, maybe if, if we get through this, we'll look that one up. But it says, um, uh, yes, that that's why my girlfriend refuses to wear a mask is because she's toxically masculine. <laughs> Um, is the U.S. already in new civil wars? Article from Vice that says uh, America's COVID-19 numbers aren't under control. In many places, they're getting worse. Large portions of the West Coast are on fire. Social media is fueling genocides. And political violence in the U.S. is increasing. People are marching in the streets aligned with two ideologically distinct factions. Many of them, overwhelmingly from one side, are armed. And violence and death has resulted when those two sides have clashed. Um, so throwing Molotov cocktails and burning down private uh, uh, those are those were those were protest cocktails. Those were peaceful protest cocktails. So yes, that that means you weren't armed. It was it was peaceful no. fire. Yeah, peaceful fire. It was peaceful yeah. fire. It was peaceful fire. Oh. Not like the right wing anger fire. No, no, no. This was peaceful fire. There's been right. So I'm going to go back to last week's episode. If I fill this thing about that far with some type of flammable that, spirit, that, that any- is that is a destructive device. No, no, uh, I didn't yes, light it. You have to register it. it doesn't matter. It's it's an eighty. It's an eighty percent. Only eighty percent. It's only eighty <laughs> percent. Therefore, it's not serialized. I can't register it. It's only a destructive device if I light it. No, the, the, you know the guy, what the guy was charged, and all he did he had it in his pocket. <laughs> See, you know what his mistake was, is that he didn't realize that he had an unregistered destructive device and immediately destroy it. And we all know that yeah. the best way to destroy it is to throw it and smash it. Yes. <laughs> and that way, it is no longer a destructive device. It has already been destructed. Yeah, because it's, it's already, it's destroyed. So it, it's I just, not a destructive I just device anymore. self-Brandenburged. <laughs> all right. <laughs> The signs of a coming conflict are everywhere. Political polarization is up. Gun and ammunition sales have spiked. Killers such as Kyle Rittenhouse are being lauded by their political allies. Uh, And and protests are widespread in American cities. Police kill unarmed people in the streets. The government is polarized and corrupt, and our institutions are failing. Armed militias patrol U.S. streets and groups like the Adam Waffen Defense, Adam Waffen Division, and the base plot to start a larger conflict. Mass shootings, sometimes ideologically motivated, and other times not, often often occur. Poverty and unemployment are widespread as mass eviction, mass evictions loom, and Congress stalls to help those in need. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> often, <laughs> hold on. Okay, first off, this is Vice. I, I'm, is I know it's vice, vice, but I don't give a shit. I'm going to unpack something from the second sentence here. <laughs> Killers such as Kyle Rittenhouse, who was being chased by a pedophile, a convicted hey, woman beater, well, there's, and a, <laughs> in, in their defense, there's no way to know that in the moment. Well, there's no way to know that in the moment, but what you do know is that you are alone. You are being chased by a violent crowd, and well, you heard gunfire with with a gun. Yeah. The guy had a gun in his hand. Yeah, had uh, and you know, <laughs> yeah, had. 
<laughs> well, no, he was still there. It's just he was still holding it. He just could. Yeah. yeah, he just lost the upper part of his arm. Yeah, he was disarmed <laughs> and armed simultaneously. <laughs> Schrodinger's arm. <laughs> Turn and draw. Turn and draw. So I, I just want to want to lay that out. Anybody who watches the video, I don't care. I don't care how problematic you believe right. everything is. Anybody who watches that video and is put, puts themselves in Rittenhouse's shoes would say he was being attacked and he acted in self-defense. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, arm- now, go ahead. Good. Okay. Speak. Then after that, I'm going to jump down to mass shootings, sometimes ide- ideologically motivated and other times not, occur frequently. Where? Frequently? Yeah. Where? Frequently? No, the, the line that got me is armed militias patrol U.S. troops and groups like Adam Waffen Division and the base plot for larger conflict. I didn't see them marching at all. I did no, see you them. Know and I, I did? did see the NFAC, though. Exactly. Yes. That's no. who I did see marching in an organized group. I did see them. Get your fucking fingers off the trigger. Yeah. This is an important lesson yeah. from them. Where training is very important. It's, but it, as as they're talking about the militias and things, I just had to. This, <laughs> this is, is the way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm Almost. just gonna go this route. Yeah. So that was a terrible, terrible idea. When do we start? When do we start? <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, right? All these people, all these people who are so who are, are so horrified by this idea of these armed militias, right? Second Amendment says what? I don't know. You don't know what Second Amendment says? They're the smart people. Chris, what does the Second Amendment say? Don't put me on the spot. <laughs> Seriously, guys. <laughs> I know it. I, I don't care. I'm an anarchist. It's words exactly. on paper. Well, my point is, my point is that it specifically mentions a well-regulated militia being, being necessary, necessary. For the protection of a, a free, free state. state. Yes. The right of the people exactly. to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Uh-huh. And they're going, oh, God, there's militias wandering around. But you got to remember, they don't care about the Constitution unless it helps them. But no, I mean, no, no. They don't care about the Constitution at all because it does nothing but hinder them. Yeah, it only hinders them. What I'm saying is this is literally the concepts that this country was founded around and exists. Oh, but remember, the the founding fathers were rich white slave owners. Well, I mean, that's accurate, yes. Um, For a rich white... Do you... Oh, man, you should see... You should see the hate I got for that meme where I said the... Well, if we could just... It it was the, the thing from Inception... With the back and forth on the narrow eyes, where it's like, oh, if we could just get the the United States government to adhere to the Constitution again, then you know, then everything would be better because then then everybody would have a voice. <laughs> oh, you mean like when uh, they wrote that only white male landowners over the age of twenty one were allowed to have any voice? Narrow eyes. Read <laughs> <laughs> the Constitution. <laughs> know your fucking history before you start arguing. Like, mm-hmm. are you me? That's, this country was never about equality. Ever. Never. No. It has never been about equality. It has never been about equal voices. It has never been about equal control. Never, ever, ever. It has been an oligarchy at best from the very fucking <laughs> beginning. 
our homie Josh Hare just posted that he got his very first Facebook deletion warning. Oh, oh, oh. Josh oh, popped his chair. I gotta, I gotta give him this one. Where is it? Damn it! Fucking computer's going too slow. Welcome to the club. No, but anyway, my, my point is though is. All of these people that are freaking out about these militias in particular make me chuckle because I'm like, that that's literally supposed to be our security. Since <laughs> since we started, that was supposed to be our security. That was supposed to always have been our security and the way that we did things. We weren't supposed to have cops. We weren't supposed to have a standing military. We we're supposed to have militias. I mean, shit, when the, the uh, Civil War started, the Zoabs, right, with their ridiculous uniforms uh-huh. and stuff. And I know anybody who's watched um, Gods and Generals has seen the Zoabs, and they show up in a couple other Civil War movies and stuff. They were a civilian, uh, like, drill corps. Like, their job was to be a militia that then, like, did parade stuff and performed and, yeah. you know, showed how maneuvers worked and stuff. And people would pay to come and watch them. And that was how they started. The whole Shores of Tripoli thing in the, the Marine Corps anthem is a load of horse shit because the Marines aren't the ones who did anything about the Tripoli Pirates. Those are private fucking tears with letters of Mark. That did something about the Tripoli <laughs> pirates. Those are privately owned gunships. <laughs> so, if you're freaking out right now about the idea of there being a bunch of armed people in the streets, remember that was how we started. <laughs> remember, her, like, cops are bad. We need police reform. Oh my God, there's armed people in the streets. Yeah, there's there have been. Well, the cops do something. Yeah, exactly. It's retar- It's just the most ridiculous. Well, we don't need police because we can protect ourselves. How dare you protect yourself? Yeah. <laughs> what? 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 I-, I want to be flexible enough to get my he- own head that far up my own ass. Seriously. It is. If you were that yeah, flexible, you would not be putting your head there. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> you, you'd be going the other direction. Let's be honest; we all know. Fair enough. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? We'd all be doing it. We uh, all this is this is why nobody listens to our podcast. <laughs> even the ladies, the even most the professional. Ladies. Yeah, but yeah. Even, even the ladies, the ladies if they were that flexible. You if you're if you you're a lady and you are that flexible, hit me up. Yeah, I was gonna say. By the way, <laughs> so my, uh, <laughs> look me up at Tinder. Um, <laughs> or Bumble. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, in Philadelphia last night, protesters surrounded the police precinct after an officer shot and killed 27 year old Walter Wallace Jr. Wallace had a history of mental illness and a knife, and when officers approached and opened fire, his mother begged them not to shoot. In the aftermath of the shooting, protesters have smashed windows and spray painted the police substation. Uh, police say 30 officers have been hurt, and one who was hit by a pickup truck has been hospitalized for a broken leg. This is all happening during an election year, and we have a sect of the president's supporters who have vowed to show up at polling places armed. If you have a terrible, ominous feeling about all of this, you're not alone. Some on the right are talking about another civil war. Some experts who have studied sectarian violence in the United States and other countries think we're already in one. 
Okay. Um, I want to point out that a lot of the people clamoring about a second civil war are actually on the left. And I'm saying that because if they're... Aren't, aren't if, they the ones out there yelling, resist, resist, resist? Exactly. They're the ones out there that are stand, that are showing up in front of the... Oh. Let's use Kenosha as an example. They're, they're the ones showing up out there in front of the courthouse and yelling and screaming and making a big ruckus and then destroying private businesses instead of, you know, the you institutions know, that really are the ones causing them to be oppressed and all that stuff. You know what I haven't seen lately since since Biden, you know, since the election and Biden probably was looking like he was winning is a resist post from a leftist. I, I have. I actually have. Uh, I do have a couple of um, anarcho syndicalist friends on Facebook. Uh, very cool guys, both of them that I would rather have as a neighbor than some handcaps. But Wait, they anarcho syndicalist. They they were they they had both had uh, like fuck Biden posts like right after. Oh. There are there are people on the left that hate Biden and see Biden for what he really is. But. There are a lot of people on the left that hate Biden and see him for what he is, but I know a lot of people on the left that admitted openly that Biden was a worthless, racist piece of shit, but still went to the polls because he's not Der Orange Führer. Yeah, all right, patch but we check. Gotta get change, orange change your patch. What is it? I did. I now have a, a flag, a flag that if you have the video oh! version. <laughs> Aloha Akbar. You, you may, you may Aloha recognize Snack. Yes, yeah. we we're we're not going to go into what flag it is because I think if we say what it is, then we'll get banned. But uh, let's just say it's a uh, tropical, the tropical flag. <laughs> this is more we, we, more we me have, right have, now. We have patches. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. No, oh, all right, let's go back in the there, is, there is another way. <sighs> um. <laughs> According to several experts, yeah, according to several experts I spoke with, a new civil conflict will look nothing like the first American Civil War. It's not <laughs> likely that clear sides will be drawn up with massive armies of Americans marching toward each other. Others are <laughs> each it <sighs> my brain is so tired today. According to several experts I spoke with, a new civil war conflict would look nothing like the American Civil War. It's not likely that clear sides will be drawn up with massive armies of Americans marching towards each other as drones strike from above. An insurgency is more, more, far more likely. A period of sustained and distributed conflict where non-state actors carry out violence to achieve a political goal. Several said they so believe... So are they suggesting already... that a civil war would look like literally every other war for the past 40 years? Last in oh. Vietnamese rice farmer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just pointing out, like, uh... yeah. With the um, exception, I will say, with the with the lone exception of the Falklands, we'll ignore the Falklands. Yeah. Right, Other several, than that, yes, several well, said Desert they believe... Storm was more of a head-on collision. Yeah, that's true. more. That's true. More so more, than it was, it was more head-on F-15 versus their armor. Several said they believe we're already in the early stages of one, a period before large-scale political violence the CIA defines as incipient insurgency. 
quote, a conflict in the pre-insurgency stage is difficult to detect because most activities are underground and the insurgency has yet to make its presence felt through the use of violence. Uh, the CIA guide to the exists. yeah the CIA guide to the analysis of insurgency says its definition of incipient insurgency phrase quote moreover actions conducted in the open can easily be dismissed as nonviolent political activity during the stage the insurgent movement is beginning to organize leadership is emerging and the insurgents are establishing a grievance and a group identity beginning to recruit train members stockpiling arms and supplies. You know, I think it's funny that they talk about the incipient insurgency and yet seem completely like unaware that what so many of these platforms in particular are doing is making that incipient insurgency a bigger guarantee. Because if you're Facebook and you go, oh, well, I don't want these people who might be insurgents to be able to communicate on my platform, and you ban them, right? Then they migrate to encrypted mm-hmm. platforms. They migrate to Reddit and talk anonymously. They migrate to 4chan. They migrate to all these other platforms, all this decentralized stuff, and suddenly they become nigh impossible to truly track well mm-hmm. and effectively. So all you're actually doing by banning these groups from Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and these other places is making certain that they feel further disenfranchised, that they feel further away from the idea that peaceful resolution to the conflict is possible and guaranteeing that they are going to be next to impossible to truly track and monitor. And also you're playing into their hands. It also removes them from mainstream American and or mainstream society, mainstream culture and pushes them to the fringe. And as we know, the fringe produces echo chambers. So now you're just in an echo chamber and you're getting more and more radicalized by people that are also radicalized. And it's just this nasty little fucking blender. But you were originally radicalized by the establishment. Uh, By your reaction to the establishment. I would say more by the establishment's reaction to your disapproval of their actions uh, i can agree with that like i i would not be an anarchist if it wasn't for the government actions right if, oh, if, I, if, yeah, if we had I, if we had a if we had a truly constitutional government there'd be very little for me to be upset about and, and i would not be an anarchist i also feel like yeah. that if i if i had grown up anywhere besides california besides the san francisco bay area if i had grown up i don't know in, in nevada in reno or something i don't know if i would be an anarchist because the government there is is a lot is a lot less and and less oppressive well i mean look at me i grew up in in rural wisconsin for you know my entire i've lived here practically my entire life and it took me until um the disappointments of the great orange Fuhrer to finally you know jump fence from libertarian to anarchist oh you silly people and you're living in one place all the time I lived in one state. Uh, I didn't live in one place. I yeah, but I mean, even I, still in one state. I haven't even lived in one fucking country my entire <laughs> life. All right, that's well. <laughs> I haven't lived within four thousand miles. Aaron Gobra. Oh. Yeah, Shakir La. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> it means our day will come. Oh, okay, deal. 
Uh, back to the article. Uh, there are plenty of examples from around the world for what this might look like, and many civil wars today do not have soldiers marching on the battlefield. The early stages of the Syrian civil war was fought by paramilitary groups of neighborhoods that were funded by the fucking CIA. For 30 years in Ireland, insurgent groups policed the streets, disappeared people from their homes, assassinated political enemies, and bombed buildings. The quote, I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> the, quote, <laughs> the quote, Colombian conflict was an asymmetrical war that lasted 60 years and involved various various guerrilla groups, most famously the FARC, fighting each other and the government. Also funded by the CIA. I say FARC was completely, <sighs> are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> Go I look mean, up. Go look up Ronnie, Ronald Reagan, Iran Contra, Iran Contra, the Contra affairs. Yeah, I mean, are you um, like constantly? This is this is what we see, which is what makes the prospect of an American insurgency awful interesting. From a purely his, a military historian standpoint, it's super weird. It's really interesting because if it develops, if that happens, it's going to be a thing that the world has literally never actually seen before. Oh, and, and it, it will be the balkanization of the United States. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's going to be it, it's so weird because it's we've seen I mean, we've kind of seen something similar in Chechnya a little bit to a certain extent. Um, we saw something kind There's, of we, maybe we can, similar. We could see a little bit of, of of the Ukrainian peninsula here also, where where technically mm-hmm. you're part of Ukraine, but you identify with Russia and you want to join Russia, but other people don't want to join Russia because you're technically part of Ukraine, and then there's that internal conflict, and then one moves in with the other. And so, well, but like, yeah. but you I mean, could you could see that same sort of mentality here, like with California. Okay, for example, California, right? California is like. It's like two to one went for Biden during the election. But per landmass, California had almost as many red counties as it did blue. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So you could you could see some like serious infighting here in California, you know, versus counties, but um some it's counties just... come some some counties wanting to leave and join Jefferson, but then we've got counties down south that turned red and they're not, you know up north in the california oregon area so it's just it's one of those weird things where we've never actually seen like a major industrial uh western power really have descend into civil war and into uh an insurgency in the modern era like mm-hmm. in in the victorian mm-hmm. era if you will right you, you know you had the american civil war and yes you did see that you had a few other civil wars but we haven't truly seen, with the exception, with the lone exception of Spain. But even Spain, I don't know that you can call it similar because Spain had where Franco had his support from Hitler, and the you know the the uh, Republicans had their support from um, the Soviets, so. Yeah. Or, or the the Republicans were, were frank. In, in any case, they they had their support from the Soviets and from from Hitler and the Nazis, and so, and it was really used as a test bed for their stuff. So that's the closest thing that I've been able to find because I've done some research well, on it. That's, and that's the closest I can find. 
it, to what we might see. It also also what makes this really interesting from a military perspective is the introduction of asymmetrical warfare. Right? Like mm-hmm. the, the the US military, as we all know, sucks fighting an asymmetrical war. Right? And they know it. And they know it. They know it. that's yeah. the best that's the word that's the best part. Like when you're fighting uh, when you fight asymmetrical warfare, you're fighting small unit cells, hit, hit, uh, hit and evade, um, um, quick movements, and they'll show up anywhere. Yeah. And the U.S. military doesn't act like that. Yeah, there's there's a brilliant book out um, called the uh, the limits of uh, the American military, um, and it's like the limit the severe limitations uh, of the modern American military complex in response to asymmetric warfare or something of that, that general effect. It's available on Amazon. It's like 30 bucks. You should pick yeah. it up if you're interested. But um, he brings up a really cool point in it where he says, you know, that the American military is aware of its failings and yet inexplicably refuses to adapt any of its tactics well, to yeah. small-scale war. And instead, it favors the existing experienced units with asymmetric warfare. The Rangers, uh, the Green Berets, the Navy SEALs. And that's what it chooses to deploy instead of uh, MARSOC, too. And that's what it uses instead of deploying Big Army, essentially rendering Big Army useless. And yet they continue to dump the majority of their budget into Big Army. Yeah. Um, But one one of the other really... Uh, one of the other parts that, that makes asymmetrical warfare really hard to defeat is its ability to hide within civilian society. Right? Oh, I mean, yeah, I talk mean, to a if, Vietnam veteran sometime if, about if that. You, shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like if 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 you if you're fighting insurgents and the insurgents are like in inner city Detroit or inner city Denver or something like that, you're not gonna fucking launch drone strikes in the middle of fucking Denver. Right, you're not you're not yeah. going to blow up a building in the in, if if you're if you're trying to defeat an asymmetrical unit, you're not going to blow up a building in the middle of Denver if you're the army, if you're the government, if you're if you're trying to trying to maintain the hearts well, and minds of the civilian population. Yeah, well, well I, it depends I on if Jason, you care. No, I see where Jason's going with this only because they would have to try to maintain the hearts and minds of their own population, not yes. some foreign population. Right. But where, where now, but see where, where that gets interesting is because there are counties that went red. There are, there are areas that are so distinctly Trump, which are likely to should uh-huh. things descend, right. That some are very of, likely to turn into the, a couple strongholds. of, a couple of counties here in California went 70% for Trump. I saw that. And they're, yeah, and there's a distinct possibility that it should, you know, things progress that direction, that they will turn into rebel strongholds, right? Where they basically operate with impunity. They'll, they'll if they're fighting, right. yeah, if if Biden is in charge and he's fighting, uh, or well, especially if Harris is in charge and she's fighting, <laughs> uh, a, a a group. That is within those areas, areas that are already very yeah. much strongholds, already very much against him. He will not care. She yeah. will not care. They don't care what they destroy. Because at that point, there's already clamoring on the left for like dragging Trump supporters uh, into a- the streets. A- 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 AOC had a tweet about 
um, a registration, some sort of registration for Trump supporters or something like that. So, so they, so they can get mm-hmm. revenge on them or something like that. I didn't see the exact tweet, but yeah, but I mean, no, that's, I know that's already happening. It. Well, yeah, because uh, it sounds kind of <laughs> Nazi. Um, but what? That's, yeah, right. <laughs> but that's uh, that's that's probably what you're going to see. I mean, historically, that's that's kind of one of those things that we see where. Um, even within the Spanish Civil War, again, the closest analog um, that I have that I can pull from, um, looking at the Spanish Civil War, Guernica was very, very definitely, like the city of Guernica was not a pro-Franco city, right? It also wasn't particularly rebelling, but it was a, it was an anti-Franco city as it was. It also happened to be laid out in a very good grid-like structure, and so the Nazis had no problem using it as a test bed for their bombing campaign. Yeah, to, they, they had no problem destroying it. It was also because it was laid out in a perfect grid pattern, so it made yeah. observing the destruction of the bombs really, really easy, and they're, they were those kinds of assholes. But, because, you know, Nazis. But, <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, they were already, Franco didn't have a problem with it already because, well, they're anti-me anyway. So I don't care. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll see that same kind of thing happen. I think. All right. Yeah. Let me get, let me get these these two paragraphs in, then we'll finish it up. It says, uh, uh, during the years of leading Italy, right wing terrorists colluded with political assassinated leftist political leaders. Uh, uh, these and other conflicts over are overwhelmingly what civil war looks like now. Armed groups with various objectives vying for territory and cultural and political influences, often violently. According to several experts, if America goes to war with itself, it won't look like it did in 1860. It'll look more like Belfast in 1972 or Aleppo in 2011, but those analogies still fall short. Uh, It's hard to define direct historical analogies for what is happening in the United States right now. The kind of political violence and civil strife isn't new, but there's a lot of factors that make America unique. The United States is a large country spread out across millions of square miles. Social media is fueling the conflict, and our populace is heavily armed. People, it is fair to say, are scared. Well, I mean, saying that people are heavily armed and that makes us unique is is disingenuous because it's yep. not like Syria had strict gun control. All right, that's most of the Middle East does not have strict gun control. If I go and I live in a Middle Eastern country in general, and I want to go buy. A well, rocket I mean, propelled grenade it, launcher. I can go do that. Well, yeah, like when the, when the U.S. military controlled Iraq, it was part of the agreement that our, each Iraqi family could have like an automatic AK-47 or something like that, right? Oh yeah, we we dealt yeah. with that constantly. Like yeah. we had to constantly remind people, like new guys that were coming in country in both Afghanistan and Iraq. Like, no, it's just because somebody's carrying an AK-47 doesn't mean shit. Everybody carries an AK-47 mm-hmm. here. That's just what happens. Yep. So, deal it. Same with RPGs. Weirdly, like random people who are going to get groceries will have an RPG just in case shit pops off. Well, now, I don't know I... what kind of shit you're expecting that you're carrying an <laughs> RPG, but. <laughs> uh, all right, let me, let me get this one more paragraph. Common close quarters, you know, door kicker yeah. type gun. Yeah, type let me get, let me get this. Let me get this one more paragraph. Um, this is a quote from this guy. Um. David Kilcolan, he's a member of the Foundation for Defense of Democracies. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
studied insurgencies, blah, 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 like America's Future Court. Uh, the worst atrocities come from fear, not hate, because people think they're good and they can justify incredible atrocities, uh, incre justify incredible atrocious violence to themselves on the basis that it is defensive. You need a belief that some other group is encroaching on your territory, and then you need to have lost confidence in the ability of the state to act as an impartial and neutral protector. We're already losing that confidence because of COVID. Oh, for God's sake. He we was in, so hold on, right. Hold on. He was <laughs> so right. So right. Up, he just up to that point, yeah. Quote, we are in a state of civil war whenever... Uh, in more than one geographic location in the United States, it becomes commonplace for multiple non-state uh, armed groups to fight each other with deadly force. When that is an occurrence that is common in more than one location, that country is in a civil war. Yeah, and that's, you know, and he brings up an interesting point, ignoring his COVID thing and the fact that he might, in fact, be that, mentally he was kept. He was um, so good up to that one word. He was so close. He was so close. And then his Down syndrome showed through. Um, <laughs> not to insult anybody with Down syndrome, they're generally wonderful, sweet people, and and I adore them. But anyway, um, he just kind of yeah. yeah, and you know, the, but he does bring up a really good point though with that last little bit, a really good point in that. Um, well, what, what, what's the quote again? It's the the last. Uh, lost, lost confidence in the ability of the state to act as an impartial and neutral protector. Yeah, the and, the idea that you can no longer defer to someone else for your protection, for your conflict resolution, for those things, that is a hallmark. But no, that, well, that actually wasn't the part that I was talking I was actually talking about the, the last bit where he talks about that it's hard to define. Uh that was somebody else. That was uh, oh, Robert that was Evans. Been... Yeah, it says, we're in a state of civil war whenever in uh, one or more geographical location in the United States, it becomes commonplace for multiple non-state armed groups to fight each other with deadly force. Uh, when it is at that, or, or when that is an occurrence, uh, it is common in more than one location in the country, that's a civil war. See, and that's, I find that, as a historian, and like that's where things are really weird for me right now. Because <laughs> on the one hand, I'm living this chunk of history here. And so from the inside, <laughs> it's really hard to see and analyze. And on the other hand, like I, I look at it through the lens of history in a way that I think most people don't. And looking at it, I'm like, God, when do you define a civil war? Like it's one of those things where you're like, okay, well, when it happens, you know. Right, like yeah. when you're looking through history, mm -hmm. you can be like, okay, this is definitely civil war now. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no tea to throw into the into the harbor on this one, though. Yeah, I mean, well, even that wasn't the beginning of the revolution, nope. not really. Nope. That was no, just it an started act of before that. And so, yeah. <laughs> well, did it though? Did it or did it start well, after that? Like, where exactly would you draw the line in the American well, Revolution? I would say, I would say that the the say, sentiment. The sentiment leading up to the Civil War was definitely at a fever pitch even before the tea went into the harbor. Uh -huh. it, the the, the, the well, tea into the harbor was reactionary to what was already happening. See, what right. I'm saying is, is like most people will say, well, the beginning of the Revolutionary War, that was Lexington and Concord, right? 
that's the beginning of the Civil War. That was the, the, the first the shots Revolution. fired. Yeah, officially. The first shots fired of the American Civil War is far, far murkier. Where do you draw that line? Is it when the uh, Union units are attacked in Baltimore? Is it when the shots are fired at Fort Sumter? Is it when John Brown takes uh, the Harper's Ferry Armory? Where do you draw this line where it officially begins? It's super murky. And I think that what I love about this article is that it points out, like, it's so murky, but historically, when we look back at this, we're going to say, nope, we're already there. You know what? I, I, we're at time, but I think we should pick this one up and, and come back to this one on the, on the next episode. Because this is, this is a good discussion. I mean, we're at time. We're at two hours right now, which is our limit. But um, I was going to say, personally, I don't care if we keep going, but I have stuff stuff to do it would have to be yeah it's, yeah. it's gonna have to be another night but yeah no it's i i think well, we are in it and i think that from a historical perspective we are gonna look back at this and be like wow yeah we were already there and we didn't even realize it at the time we didn't even see it i i personally think we've been in it for a long time for a couple of years now i think it's yeah. it's not i don't think it's a civil I, war i think it's a culture war and uh I think it honestly, it really started in earnest back right right around Ferguson time. Before that. Maybe a little bit thereafter. I mean, I mean, in earnest, we, there's been a lot of cultural and political dissent in the country since way before that. But as far See, as my... actual fever pitch, as far as actual conflict, actual blows and shots being exchanged. I would point to Ferguson as that's, probably the first engagement. All right, final that's thoughts. My point, final thoughts. Final thoughts. That's exactly my point. Where do you draw that line? Because I don't see a line there. And look at how far back, when you look at the 1860s, how far back you go when you start learning about the American Civil War to really explain where it starts. You basically go all the way back into the late 1700s in order to explain yeah. the 1860s. It's a very long drawn out thing. And I think we are approaching 1860 is essentially where we're at right now, rapidly approaching it. But uh, just a promo beard stuff, man. You want a cool beard like I have that is soft and supple and smells wonderful and it's shiny and it's healthy and it's great. You're going to use the beardstruggle.com's products. And if you use the code inkedanarchist15, all run together. Inked Anarchist 15, when you go to checkout, you will save yourself 15% on the products from thebeardstruggle.com. Link will be in the description. Uh, oh, yeah, check out Andrew's face. Oh, it doesn't exist anymore. They killed it! <laughs> <laughs> they killed it. Oh, it's gone. Make, gone. make a Telegram channel. I might, I might do make, that, or a Discord. A, I might do a Discord. Oh, Discord will delete you too. Well, that's possible too. Yeah, that's true. Oh, make a Telegram channel. Telegram, I suppose. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Uh, on that note, buy Derek's book, um, "Beginner's Guide to Critical Thinking Skills Workbook." Something, something, something. I don't know. Links on Think the for yourself. Think for yourself. There you go. Yep. thinking yes i have it sitting behind me also uh for everybody asking and sending suggestions for 
the videos. The first suggestion I got was on Hadrian's wall. I'm going to start working on that uh, soon. Unfortunately, my computer being killed by uh, Bill Gates is causing problems right now, and I would be much <laughs> further along in the process. His computer was vaccinated. It was uh, inadvertently, and it died. But I will get it fixed, and once it's back up and running, I will work on that video first. I'm going to do that. I really want to do – there's a couple other videos that now I definitely want to do – but uh, Hadrian's Wall is going to be the very, very first one because I get to talk about my ancestors that way. So, yep, so. I'm excited. On that note, any, anything else, Christopher? I got nothing. Yeah, I got nothing either. <sighs> so on that note, this has been episode 113, and we'll uh, catch you on the next one. Peace. Later. <laughs>